0: Draper City Talk is a podcast produced by the municipal government of Draper City, Utah, where we discuss local government services and issues and the community at large. Hi, Draper City. Mayor Troy Walker with you again. We're here for another installment of our Draper City Talk podcast. And I would like to introduce and thank Linda Peterson, our communications director, for producing this show. We have a great topic today. We're going to talk about uh, our parks, trails, and recreation. But first, I want to tell you that we are we are running broadcasting today from the Perry and Agnes Fitzgerald Pioneer Home that's located here in Draper. It was built in 1870, so a true pioneer home, a true historic place. Uh, we've turned uh, a good portion of the of this home into a podcast studio and a place to do media interviews and things. So, kind of a media center for the city. So. We're excited. This is our first time from the Fitzgerald home, so we're channeling all of the pioneer heritage. So, I want to welcome uh, a couple of really awesome people that uh, live and work in our city. First, I want to uh, welcome Mr. Jamie Pogue. Um, He is the chair of our Parks and Trails and Recreation Committee, longtime Draper resident, married to the famous Whitney Pogue. Sometimes we refer to Jamie as Mr. Whitney Pogue. That's right. Say hello, Jamie. I'm, I'm honored to be here. Thank you yeah. for inviting me. Jamie's been been with us a long time. And then I have um, one of our great city employees that, uh, that really has been responsible for a substantial amount of what we've been able to do in this town with respect to recreation and parks. And that's Mr. Brad Jensen. And your title now is Parks Project Manager, right? Correct. So you're the person that we go to when we say... When Jamie says, hey, the committee wants to do a new trail or wants to do a new park, you're the one that gets to figure out how to do it. Yeah, we look at that. You take the ideas and turn them into to the reality. So well we're we're glad to have both of you. Um so you know, we have a number of committees in our city, and they're all of them important, and they all do really good work in the things that they do. This trail, this committee is probably one of the more popular ones, I would say. I mean there's always when we have an opening, it's usually a lot of folks apply because yeah. I think it's probably because everybody loves the open space and the trails, and so and this is the committee that kind of gets to be in charge of it. So I think you guys are, you know, Jamie, you're on the committee that's one, it's an exciting one that's pretty been pretty
1: active. Um, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself so we can kind of get to know you. Well, um, we uh, moved to Draper in 2002, built a home here, just about. Three or four blocks east of where we're broadcasting from here. We uh, fell in love with it immediately and um, didn't really understand exactly at that point that uh, how how blessed we would be to live here because we you know we rode a little bit in Corner Canyon and um, thanks to uh, Ken Murdoch I was introduced to uh, doing some trail work and then he said uh, hey you should uh, come and uh, be a part of this committee so I owe it to Ken he got me involved in it, and this was way back in the day when uh, we were doing everything by hand and we were leading uh, groups up there. So I got to be a, a trail crew, you know, leader, boss, whatever, to help uh, volunteers and uh, make sure they were safe, and so that's how I got started in it. And we've been super blessed to um, to have a very supportive city and staff and also just a shout-out to uh, those who came before us. We're standing on the shoulders of, of some People who were visionaries and saw the potential. We can probably have Brad tell us a little bit about the background of Corner Canyon and how it all came about. But
0: tell, you know. tell us a little bit about uh, um, about your wife Whitney and how you guys have been even more involved. In, uh, <laughs> yeah, because you look—if you don't know Jamie, he's a mountain biker. and he's, yeah, a, he's I a machine. Yeah, I well. mean, he, he can mountain bike. He's a climber and a downhiller, and his wife is also yeah. a fantastic uh, cyclist and mountain biker. So tell us a
1: little bit about that, because you guys got yeah. involved in yeah. the beginning yeah. of what is now one of the biggest sports in high school. Yeah, and you know we thought it was important to give back to the community and to show that example to our kids. And my wife uh, and I, uh, we, we had the opportunity to, uh, when the Mountain Bike League started in 2012, uh, she was asked to coach a team, and uh, she started out with a small little... 17 or 18 member team from Summit. This was a year before Corner Canyon High School became a high school and we took that team and moved it over to uh, to Corner Canyon and, uh, and for 10 years we were, she was the head coach and I was her assistant coach and it was the, it went from 17 to 75 to 100 and something you know and that now it's been over 200 for the last five or six years. And, so and how many state championships? I believe they have five out yeah. of it's been around for 11 years now so we we retired last year our, our youngest graduated so we're officially out but we still help in volunteering and stuff and my wife is uh she is uh, looking for something to, uh, now to take all this free time you know yeah. <laughs> so well
0: that's awesome I and mean, that's been a that's been a, a big thing that mountain biking is mountain biking is big here but it's taken off across the country and yep. our trails of course are a place where many teams practice if you've been up there during the summer and the during the season you see him. Brad, tell us about yourself. Give us your background.
2: Tell us about what you do. Okay, well, I actually grew up here in Draper, and then I was hired on to the city in 1994 while I was still in school and and been here ever since. So been here for quite a while. And you
0: said that your great-grandfather is the person who lived in this house. Yeah,
2: Perry Fitzgerald, the third great-grandfather. Awesome. Yep, okay. So I have a lot of Draper roots. Very good. Yeah, I've started out actually in engineering before there was a parks and recreation department, and then a few years ago when uh, the city created a new department, um, they moved me over into the parks and recreation department, and I basically oversee the development and planning of uh, parks and trails in the city.
0: What's your education and training? Are you? Are you by
2: so I have a bachelor's of science and uh, graduated from the U of U, and cool uh, my background is actually my degree is actually in architecture. Huh. Well, so good. i went from architecture into working for engineering to more of a you know planning, planning for parts yeah.
0: well and you and how long have you worked for draper city
2: so 28 years two of those years were part-time i was in school
0: 28 years well we're, we're, we've are we been lucky to have you all these years so all right well let's Thanks. talk you guys let's get into talking about uh what we do what our committee does what our you know maybe our city vision is i mean i just want to say you know on behalf of our city council as you know as if you don't know we we have purchased over the years um really since i've been elected when i started as a council member and then now as mayor but we we have 4333 acres roughly of city open space so open space that our taxpayers paid for um, a lion's share of it came in uh, the suncrest purchase about 10 years ago we bought 2600 acres But then there was the Corner Canyon purchase, which our taxpayers also got it. So maybe Brad, give us a little overview of the of the open space. How you know the the first big open space we got into, and then how we've because we just are getting ready to buy some more. So we can talk about that too. But give us an overview of you know this open space that we have and how we kind of got to it.
2: Yeah. So actually, it goes clear back to probably the eighties. There was a grassroots effort. Clark Naylor, Ann Parr and a bunch of Trail enthusiasts came and uh, was wanting to preserve Corner Canyon from development. At that time, they were just looking at just being able to use the trails that were up there. And uh, yeah, these are just
0: horse trails, horse trails, game trails, yep. the tra- not any real official trails, but exactly trails that people had ridden on for years and years Correct. before even, and even
1: a city. couple of gravel roads and some
0: motorcycle trails. Let's be yep. clear about that, too, yep. right? Yeah, yep. so okay, go ahead.
2: And then, uh, back in uh, I think it was around 2004, 2005, there was proposed development in Corner Canyon, and a lot of these people were you know still involved with preserving the trails. Um, at that time, the city had also organized a parks and trails. Uh, Committee, um, which a lot of these people became part of, and then there was the you know the plan to get the get the funding for that. Uh, So a bond was put out to the public, um, and it was voted on, and the the Draper City residents voted on that and um, taxed themselves to be able to preserve Corner Canyon.
0: Yeah, and just so everyone's got reference, that was uh, that that Corner Canyon purchase was essentially. And correct me if I'm wrong, but if you have ever been up Canyon Hollow. Or you've ever gone up Ghost Falls to the top, to where the parking lot and the restroom is. That whole kind of middle center of the canyon is what we're talking about when we say the Corner Canyon Purchase. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the heart of Corner Canyon. Yeah, I call right. it
1: Corner Canyon proper. That's the yes. you know, yeah. That's just yeah. A, so yeah. Canyon Hollow.
0: You know the tra- all the Rattler. All those trails are part mm-hmm. of that. What mm-hmm. would be that Corner? And canyon Trail. Yeah, Ands Trail. Yeah, An's who's named after Correct. Anpar, yeah, um, Clark's. Yeah. But what's important to keep in mind is, had we not done that, had the citizens not gotten together, you know what would be there now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, It would be Steeplechase. It would be more yeah. Steeplechase, right? Yeah. Not that we don't love Steeplechase, but it would just be houses. That's what it would have been. Yeah. And now, how many acres was that?
2: That was a, just over 1,000 acres.
0: And how much did that cost?
2: I don't recall. I think around 6 million.
0: I want to say no. I thought it was thirteen million. So. It was, oh,
1: 13. oh, sorry, that was yeah. thirteen. That yeah, was that was the original one. It yeah. was a lot for, for a yeah, thousand acres,
0: but at the time, you know, it was you know, of course not as valuable as today, but but it, you know, it was a lot of money to buy a thousand mm-hmm. acres. Um, yeah. But and if I remember correct, it was a pretty large margin of voters that were for it. It was a yes. seventy percentage points. Yeah. I mean, people saw the the value of it. Mm-hmm. So that's the heart. We bought that as as taxpayers on a bond that went on a ballot, so you voted on that. Then, let's go to the next big chunk that we bought, because that's that's a totally different chunk.
2: Yeah. So the Suncrest development, of course, is up on the Traverse Ridge range. Um, the development went bankrupt, and uh, there was uh, other developments that were coming in, taking a look at developing that, buying it from Zions Bank. We were
0: in a lawsuit with the bank.
2: Yeah. yeah. And we, as the Parks and Trails Committee and, and city staff, we were trying to approach Council and the and the mayor to. We wanted a trailhead that provided access to the Long Peak area, and so we actually did a field trip that went up, which we now call Boat Hill. But we went up there and did an over did an overlook of the of the area, showing the council the land we wanted access to and a trailhead. Well, the council at that time. They were saying, well, no, there's going to be homes down here. I'm like, well, yeah, if, there's, if this development comes in, there'll be homes, but we're just looking for just a trailhead so we yeah, have so, good
0: access. So we, we're in the middle of this lawsuit. I, I know this story because I was right in the middle of it. We're in the middle of this lawsuit. Um, you guys are looking for a trailhead, and we spent a lot of money fighting with the bank, and you know, we got together, uh, Mayor Smith and myself and, and the representative from Zions Bank, over dinner, and uh, we started talking about trying to settle this lawsuit, and I remember the Zions Bank guy said, why don't you guys buy this property from us? And uh, Mayor Smith and I looked at each other and said, how much? And uh, he said, make us an offer. And I said, $2 He said, $9 or $10 million. Yeah. Anyway, within a few back and forth over dinner, we struck a $5.6 million spot for 2,600 acres. Now, as a politician, you're thinking, well, that's a lot of money. And... But it was a lot of land, and so we went back, me and Mayor Smith, to the council, and said, hey, we could buy this whole 2,600 acres for $5.6 million. And but we got to act. We don't have time to put it on a bond, so if we're going to do it, we have to figure out if we can fund it out of our sales tax revenue bond. We'd have to do a sales tax bond. Mm-hmm. So the council decided, let's do it, and we figured out the room, and we, we issued the bonds, and we bought it. We never put it to a vote we never took it to the voters. And I remember thinking as an elected official, well, next election, I'm going to hear about that, you know, spending 5.6 million without putting it on the ballot. But all we ever heard about it was awesome. Thank you. It was great because it was a unique opportunity. Can you imagine trying to buy that yeah. land today? I mean, we just bought some land in Draper just next to this building mm-hmm. for, you know, 1.4 million an acre, just like, a month ago so yeah land yeah. has gone up and we are fortunate that comes together and tell us a little bit you you know as jamie as a as not only a rider but the park and trails
1: committee when we got that land how happy were you oh um well first of all i think you have to go back and, and what a what a great um, preface that you had with the the purchase amount for the original you know we we got over twice as much land for less than half the price and that was how many years later um, oh, it was
2: about five or six. So. Yeah,
1: five or six years uh, afterwards. And so to put that in perspective, you know, it's it's a heck of a deal, right? And that was a no-brainer. I'll bet there weren't any council members that batted an eye about that, you know. And so we were, uh, first two, I, w- I would say that they did come to us. It was kind of cryptic. I don't know if you remember this, Brad, but they came in and they said, we can't really give you any details, but let's just say yeah. <laughs> hypothetically we could get some more land and you know we might not be able to there may be some projects that we're trying to fund with some of the parks and trails and stuff and and we may have to slow those things down for a little bit but we have this opportunity to buy land now un- Unanimously, our committee and the staff were like we don't know what you guys are telling talking about you know but we we would wholeheartedly go for that like right? you're they're not making any more land if you get the opportunity you got to do it so we were thrilled when we heard that this is what uh, happened and the price of it we were just blown away and and uh, and it just is uh, you know again I tell people when they ask me about corner canyon I just tell them we really have been fortunate we've been really blessed with some good people the right support and also some some luck and some some you know good fortune that we had the right people and the right opportunities and we acted on it
0: yeah, so, yeah. That, that phrase it's always better to be lucky than good yeah um and we were definitely lucky to get in that situation i want to say too on that purchase so we spent 5.6 million there were two parcels that at, when we bought when we bought this 25 2600 acres we identified two parcels that we intended always to sell yep and our goal was to hopefully get back
1: some of the 5.6 million we were we were actually comfortable if it was a million. Or Once you guys a announced it to us, you came to our committee and yep. you Brad showed us the maps and we identified those as a committee and told you know hey gave that recommendation back to the council. So those uh, I remember that very vividly and and thinking, wow this is even a better deal because we have some land that we'll never use for a trail, right. but yet it's going to be worth something to somebody and we're going to recoup and pay off this bond really quickly. So, and the two parcels
0: were uh what what is Deer Ridge Drive. So, if you go to the to the barricades at Deer Ridge Drive and you go up the steep hill up on that beautiful mountain, that was one parcel. We intended to sell that parcel. There would have been homes there. And then the other parcel was down by Alpine and Highland. It's about 110 acres. So, we sold the 110 acres for 7 plus million. So, we did all right on that. It was really we were smart. That was it was pretty
1: fiscally responsible. Yeah. <laughs> and then we
0: decided over as we looked at it, we we were considering selling the Deer Ridge Drive Park. but in the in the interim, we've let it be a dog park, an off leash dog park area, and it's so beautiful. And there are also some geological issues that would have been you know difficult. So the council decided you know that we're gonna we're keeping that as a as open space, and it's going to be that dog park going forward. So yeah, pretty exciting stuff. Tell us a little bit, Jamie, about some of the current projects on the how how does how do you guys come up with uh when you and you're I know you always got one in your mind there's always a trail because every time we have a discussion you're like hey mayor yeah let me tell you about this trail what we (laughs) could do here so tell us kind of how a trail comes to be and uh you know what's what's happening right now
1: well you know just to give you kind of the whole process what we do is we have a a master plan that we kind of get together and and the last master plan we had won awards, you know, it was a national, it, it, it was really well-received. And so then I, I, I kind of look at our committee as just carrying out and trying to implement that master plan. So we have certain numbers of trails, miles of trails, percentages of the trails that we want to be hiking and some that we want to be multi-use and some that we want to be for horses and for hikers. And so basically the process is uh, we, we will go through that area and see where we're, uh, the master plan says we're gonna do some trails and, um, and then we, come up with an idea of uh, you know we have a a timeline and a schedule of which ones we're prioritizing and which ones we want to do this year and two years and three years and all that and so to be honest uh, Brad doesn't get enough you know uh, he's very quiet and, and very he's behind the scenes but people need to understand how much he does for the city because to be honest what happens is every time there's something like this happens I contact Brad usually Brad and Greg Hilbig and We talk about this idea or in the committee we come up with something that we want to do and and they start uh, looking into it. How can we do this? And uh, if that means we have to get council approval, Brad is, uh, you know, always helping us with the alignments and he's wonderful with the maps and uh, alignments and making sure that the trails are built the right way and all that. And then um, we, um, if we need funding from the city, we'll ask the city and if not, sometimes we have some outside sources that'll come in, and we'll talk about that. later. You know, and,
0: and and what's interesting too is like, you know, we 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 sometimes get accused of being mountain bike central. And look, I'm a mountain biker. You're a mountain biker, Brad. I, you're you're a hiker, probably. You mountain more, biker, more hiking. Yeah. I do
2: some biking, but
0: you know, it, it, look, most people bike up there. That's the reality. And, and so, but the problem is, it's so popular that we have so many people using it, which is good. Um, but you've had councils over the over time that have wanted to figure out ways to, you know, we got conflicts, we got yeah. people that yeah. want to hike, people want to run, we got people want to still ride horses. You know, oddly enough, there's a few of those left in the in the world. And so talk Brad, talk a little bit about, you know, council at one point a few years back said, hey, we need to really make sure we're we're giving a sort of a fair use, if you will. So talk a little bit about, you know, how those kind of issues and how we how where we're at now and what we know what percentage, maybe go over what percentage of trails or what?
2: Well, so back when we did our master plan back in 2016, um, it was identified that probably over 90% of our trails are multi-use. And, and multi-use there, means? Multi-use use means everybody that's non-motorized. So and a bikes, horse, bikers, horses, hikers, hikers, all Everybody yeah. can be on that trail. Yeah. Okay. And one of the things we receive, uh, concerns we receive from the council as well as from the public was the user conflict. So in that plan, you we got d- Jamie coming downhill at 40 miles an hour. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. Go ahead. But anyway, we uh, took a look at the, in our plan, come up with a, a concept of doing more single-use trails. So the bike-only trails, for the most part, downhill, because usually the, the biggest conflict is a downhill biker. With every other users, even the uphill bikers. Yeah,
0: I'm never going to give you a conflict going uphill because yeah. I'm not fast enough yeah, to conflict amen. anything. Yeah, but downhill, yeah. my
2: weight, I can, <laughs> I got a lot of
0: mass and a lot of, man, I can, I can knock someone over for sure. But yeah, yeah. so talk about that. That's so we
2: ended up doing, uh, you know, our first downhill bike trail was Rush Trail, and then that became very popular. And of course, we started developing some more. And we did hear back from the council about doing more single, or hiking, or we call them foot trails, um, hoof and boot type trails. So bikes aren't allowed on those No bikes, horses and hikers would be on those trails. So we did our first one up the canyon that was um, the hoof and boot, which goes from the bottom of the canyon all the way to the top.
1: Now it goes over the backside. Now it goes over
2: the backside all the way down to Alpine, basically. Lupin,
1: Mm -hmm. Lupin is another one.
2: So we've created the Lupin Trail was another popular Mm -hmm. one for hikers only. In the last few years, we've actually done... I believe it's about ten to fifteen miles of foot-only trails. Um, it's about fifty-fifty right now. There's about um, the same amount of bike-only trails in the city.
0: So we're so, so just so the public is aware, we've got fifty percent that are hoof, are horse and walker runner types, and then we've got some that are fifty percent are. So it's about
2: 50, over fifty percent still multi-use, okay. um, but of the single use, about half of them are yeah. hiking.
0: So of the of the single use trails, yep. half for half of them are for people and horses. Yep. The other half are for cyclists, yep. bikers. Okay. And then of course we have multi use. Yes. Now Jamie, you and I have had a lot of discussions about this, and what I think that I like about you is, and because you're in that canyon all the time, hmm. you know, you know the peak times. You know what you know what's like, and so talk about conflicts because yeah. one of the things I like about you is you're always looking out for. How can we avoid
1: these conflicts? Yeah. Because they can be significant. I love the canyon, and I'm passionate about it, and I and I want it to be there, and and I want to make sure that everybody gets to use it, and that we don't have you know lawsuits or people getting upset or, or conflicts and, and coming to the council or, or to you, mayor, and complaining. And our biggest, you know, and it's not you know interestingly, and Greg Hilbig points this out uh, quite frequently, but our user numbers have gone up exponentially over the last you know 15 years, but. Our conflict numbers have not, so that's really good. I think that's promising. But what we found out, I, I had this crazy idea that we should have a bike trail, <laughs> and so I pitched it. At that time, I don't even know if I was a full member of the committee. I was a, I was an, uh, you know, an alternate, alternate. yeah, alternate member. And and so we went to the committee and, and said, hey, we really think it would be good to ha- give the bikes a trail that they would be able to go downhill on, so they will leave. You know, that this is. Uh, Back in the early days, we didn't have very many trails. We said, you know, these multi-use trails are, are just asking for problems. And so, once we did that, what, what came, became really apparent early is that you never had any conflicts on those trails. And so, um, with the help of uh, Joey Klein, a guy from Imba who was was instrumental, he came in and helped us with some of our master planning early on. We were able to come up with a master plan that that kind of addressed some of that. And so, if you get if you give each of those users their own uh, trails to be on then then you pretty much can you know on those trails there are no conflicts. and so now we still have to worry about the multi-use and we actually have done um, we've we've converted a couple of trails here and there we have to decide okay well that's going to be uphill only for the bikes so even though it's multi-use yeah like we're not Clark, like it, Clark's trail yeah it's yeah.
0: uphill only so the only biker you're ever going to see on there is a guy a person yeah. going up
1: yeah, exactly. So you,
0: so a biker can still go up, like I said, most uphill
1: bikers are not
0: yeah. super conflicting,
1: especially yeah. not me. So. And, and in fact, we had some discussion uh, a little bit about when we decided to allow the e-bikes, you know. Uh, a, just to, to be sh- to clear on it, we don't allow any e-bikes that have a throttle or can go over 20 miles an hour. They have to be pedal assist, class one e-bikes. But um, we were a little bit concerned about the, you know, the amount of speed. They could, they could double, basically, your speed going uphill. And so we were a little bit worried about... Or cars. they could
0: match your speed going yeah.
1: uphill. <laughs> <No, no. laughs> yeah. uh, but, uh, but anyway, that was one of our concerns. And uh, it hasn't been an issue, but we, did, we were concerned about that a little bit, of people going a little bit too fast going uphill on our multi-use. But it has not been, uh, to my knowledge, a big factor, a big problem. So,
0: what, what are some of the current projects that we have going right
1: now? Trail-wise.
2: Trail-wise, so we are focusing on a few uh, paved trails. Okay. Um, we are looking at uh, working on the trail up here, just up the, the hill here um, by the UTA Park and Ride lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, between
0: yep. uh, between the roundabout, essentially, and mm-hmm. the UTA parking lot. Correct, yeah, okay. and the,
2: in the canal corridor. The other one we're doing next yeah, It can make that a half pipe. A half pipe, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then there's another paved trail we're looking at— um, uh, tying in or extending over on the West Willow Creek Trail, which is about 114 South and about five hundred West.
0: Yeah, let, let's talk about our paved trails for a minute because mm-hmm. I mean we we got a lot of one hundred forty miles of mountain bike trail. We we've, we've had some amazing paved trails situations come about like connecting to Lehigh yes. on Port Rockwell. You know, talk a little bit about that now now. You can park at Draper Park, get on your road bike or gravel bike or your mountain bike, Mm -hmm. and ride all the way to Provo Canyon and never deal with a car ever again. It's amazing. Bridge over the Alpine Highway, as I like to call it. I don't Mm -hmm. think it's called that anymore. But talk a little bit about those connections and what So
2: our So I would say our main trunk line trail would be the Puerto Rockwell Trail, which runs along the UTA corridor, um, starting at Draper Park, continuing south. Um, As you mentioned, it's been extended into Utah County and... And eventually ties into the Murdoch Canal Trail, which then ties into the Provo River Parkway. So, in reality, you could park at Draper Park and ride the paved trail from there clear up to Vivian Park up in Provo Canyon on a paved trail, or
0: to the headwaters of Utah Lake.
2: Either exactly. way, exactly.
0: Yeah. Or get on that trail and go north to Ogden. I mean, literally, it's it's amazing what we've got there. That Murdoch Canal Trail is another. The folks that did that, hats off to them, because that's a phenomenal yes.
2: yeah. uh, thing.
0: And then, then Sandy has put some money into their paved trail going north of right. New so, Bridge. Talk a little bit about so
2: that. So this, this trail is talking about that's up by the UTA corridor, um, that one is actually the first phase of linking from Draper Park um, over to Draper Parkway, 12300 South. At that point, the trail is finished north into Sandy, and it goes all the way to the north part of Sandy. We also recently completed the Draper-Sandy Canal Trail which connects into the Port of Rockwell Trail, and then continues up on the Canal Corridor at about 900 East, and that goes all the way to Dimpledale. They've um, recently put a large bridge across Dimpledale.
1: It goes into White City. I've been riding that a lot. It's a it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. go on. And and it's interesting too how much uh, over the last you know 12 or 15 years you guys have both been I know I have but our, our listeners probably don't realize how uh, how much work it takes to. Um, to work with these other cities and they see us as a as a good uh a good model and both with the paved trails and the mountain bike trails and and hats off to all that behind the scenes work that goes on because lehigh and, and sandy and all these other communities that yeah that i connect you know.
0: i talked mayor johnson and lehigh into buying an e-bike and he it's you know he loves it we and we ride together a couple and i know we're doing a mayor's trail uh, over the top mm-hmm. but uh and we're excited about that he and i but, you know, we've, we've tried to ride once a week together. We'll start in Lehigh and ride up. We, we switch places. But it's been a great. And, they're, and they've caught on. Lehigh's caught yes. on. I mean, they're, they're yes. coming.
1: They are drinking the Kool-Aid. They yeah. And it's, it's
0: sure. going to make it even better. To, I mean, we have that new trail that's going to go around from Maple Hollow yes. all the way around. Actually, that
2: just got finished yep. just yeah. recently, even though it's been wet. but yeah. Isn't that a,
0: like a 40-mile so like loop without getting on another but trail? Be, well, it'll
2: be going uh, using Ann's Trail maple hollow trail and then using sensei trail in lehi it'll be about just over 10 miles
0: so a 10 mile loop that you mm-hmm. can just oh, yeah amazing okay you guys let, let's talk for a minute you know we were the place for a long time for the mountain bike teams let's just talk about mountain biking for a minute because mountain biking has exploded as a high school sport yeah. i mean exploded and you would see i mean everybody came to corner Canyon because we were it but it's been contagious so talk a little bit jamie about What's happened? What, what is what we've done? What, how has it been able to spread? Because I want people to understand it's had an effect, and it's really awesome. So tell
1: us a little bit about Yeah, so uh, a couple of the coaches that coach other teams, like the coach for Harriman, there was a coach uh, uh, down in uh, Utah County um, that coached at uh, Pleasant Grove, and then uh, there was a gentleman out at, at Eagle, and they were instrumental in kind of looking at what we were doing and saying, hey, you know, we could see the writing on the wall. We've got all these teams going to corner and a couple other places, but this was the easiest to access. So we were getting love to death. You know, this canyon was getting yeah. uh, too much use. And I'm also on the board of the Utah Cycling League, and I'm their trails and advocacy guy there. And I and I said, hey, we've got we to put this, you know, we got to cut this down, and we, we've got to now we have a um, – Spread the lust. We have, yeah, we have a spreadsheet that, that we track, you know, how many teams can actually use at the same time because we want to keep those numbers uh, within reason. But the big thing that happened is these other communities decided to try and emulate what we did and our committee and try to use some open space to create this uh, smaller version of what we've done here. And I know even, you know, Brad lives in Harriman, and he's on their committee out there with, with I know Joe uh, was instrumental, one of the coaches at Harriman. So you can probably talk to that. But yeah, Brad, I do think so it helps to spread so the, the people out. You take
0: it. your professional work for Draper, which has been awesome. And so you've you got on our version of the trails committee in Harriman, right?
2: Correct. So the Harriman Trust, me, was formed. It's probably about ten years ago, and so I've been serving on that since then. And um, and they are always picking my brain on what we've done here in Draper. Um, they're always they they love Draper trails, and I think they're actually on Draper trails more than they are on Harriman trails. But um, but so, they're building them. But we're building them out there. So yeah, they're they're um, trying to build um, all different types of trails, including bike-only trails as well as foot trails. So,
0: Governor Cox, just this year, made one of his key initiatives for his budget coming up, trails. I mean, a huge investment that the governor wants to make in trails. And I've had Governor Cox in our canyon on an e-bike, <laughs> and I'll say the governor's a pretty good rider. Um, <laughs> I've had Congressman Curtis up in our canyon on an e-bike, and he's a really good rider. Um, and I've had Mayor Mendenhall from Salt Lake City, and she's a phenomenal writer um, and a pretty good downhiller. And I had Katie McKellar from the from the Deseret News, who is an amazing rider. So it was yeah. fun to yeah. take them. And and yeah. Katie did a story, but I think it's important to, for the public to know other cities. Eagle Mountain has got an amazing system they've got going. Salt Lake County is getting in, invested over on the yeah. over what do they call it Butterfield yeah, Canyon? Yeah, Butterfield. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah. there's going to be some really really good trails. Yep. And, and I think we had a hand in starting it.
2: Yeah. We've had a lot of cities call call us um, over the last few years, Springville, um, Provo, um, all along the Wasatch Front, asking what we've done here in Draper.
1: My, uh, We should mention, too, I, I mentioned him earlier, but Joey Klein came in and helped us uh, with the master plan. Yeah. And he's come back a couple of times when I was coming up with the idea for Rush, and we were laying that out. He's come back and helped us with trying to do trail alignments and different things, and, and every time I talk to him, and this guy, to give you a background, he works for IMBA, which is the International Mountain Bike Association, but he is their trail guru. He's a, he's world-renowned. He goes all over the world, um, you know, every country, every continent. And he tells me every time I talk to him how great we have it here, how he uses us as an example to other uh, cities, land managers, and, and just as, a, as an example of how you can all get along, you can have this great trail system. And it really is a model for other places to emulate.
0: And, and I want to say, too, if, if you have a business or you have employees or you want to donate, you're looking for a tax-deductible contribution that you want to, want to make a donation, Draper City will take them. Our Trails Foundation will take the donations. Yeah. But if you have a company, you want to have a service day, we can, we, Brad, you help organize those, right? I mean,
2: yeah, so um, we do have a trail uh, volunteer coordinator um, that will oversee those.
0: Yeah, I mean, I when when the Boy Scouts were a thing, I my both my boys' Eagle projects were trail related. Mm-hmm. So yeah. every time I ride a corner on Rush, there's one I remember you telling me, you know, you're not doing that right. You got to, you, know, you got to pay attention there, Mayor. It's not the right. You know, so it's we, the only time I get the boss here. Yeah, friend. yeah. But I mean, <laughs> but it's fun to ride that corner that I know I help help build. So that, that, sometimes those things are great for companies. So yeah. you- we only got a few minutes left, Jamie. Let's talk a little bit about the donors. Um, without yeah. identifying them, I know no. we had some dope, but let's talk about what people, yeah. you know, how we've done some of the fu- funding of this stuff.
1: Well, early on, uh, like I said, we got the master plan going and I was approached by a, a friend here who would help, was just helping us with the mountain bike team and said he wanted to help on a grander scale. And uh, at that point, uh, the suspension bridge was just about to go. And uh, I said, well, we need a little bit of money to get that over the edge. And, and then I know that this, uh, we're going to need some money for some, so we've got the the okay to do some. Trails on the backside, some some downhill trails, um, mountain bike trails. And the so donor he, has
0: a particular music. He
1: likes you interest, too. Yeah. You know? So, <laughs> so he was gracious enough to uh, not only put some money towards the suspension bridge and get that over the over the hump, but also um, has been instrumental in. in uh, what what we do is uh, we have a uh, the the Corner Canyon Trails Foundation is headed up by Bill Becker, and so I put this gentleman in touch with Bill, and he. Uh, gives a check to bill and bill uh, arranges for the trail uh crews to come in and do it so and and i have to say that that's a little bit of why we got ahead uh, on some of the bike trails and weren't getting the hiking trails built quite as quickly because when the donors come with the money and the big checks you, you you know they want it they've got to get it off their books and they've got to donate it and so we would get those done and you know so it did put us a little behind on some of the hiking trails but now we're kind of caught up and maybe even more so so yeah those donors uh like you said it's a this is a perfect, uh, perfect storm here, a perfect scenario for our community that we had you know, the backing of the community, the people like you know, that started the committee, the staff, and then we have people who are willing to, that love this and see the value in it and they're willing to put money into it. It's really cool. Yeah, I was talking, I, I talked yesterday at the
0: point we had a, a symbolic uh, demolition start, starting a demolition of the prison. It was a little slow in the demolition part, but uh, it eventually we knocked this tower down. But i always bring up the quality of life that we have created with this open space i don't know that you could really put a price tag or a value on it but it is amazing and the quality of life is always going to be good because we're always going to have this open space it's never going away it's it's in a conservation easement salt lake county holds it Um, lehigh is doing a conservation easement on their side of it so we've we've done as government officials we've protected it forever the beautiful thing about the point, the prison site, as it gets developed, there's this river to range trail, that is the central part. Um, you know, I might have had a lot to, to do with that. I'm on the committee, but you'll be able to connect from the Jordan River Trail through the point, through the prison site, all the way over the freeway and up into our canyon. And so we call it River to Range. Um, it's amazing. It's going to be. Uh, it's just going to add to the whole our ability to. And I think people are going to want to live here. They're going to want to work here. They're going to want to be here because. You can leave your office at lunch and be in Corner Canyon in 10 minutes. If you're on an e-bike, maybe five, well, 10 probably. But, you know, I think we just have so much to be grateful for with respect to what we have because it's, it's, I love living here simply because I can
1: leave my driveway and be up in Corner Canyon in 20 minutes. Yeah. And the citizens, uh, everything, all the feedback I hear is the same.
0: And the last thing I want to say is our council is so committed to the, to the Canyon, even the safety of it. They've committed a police officer, yes. a full-time Draper City police officer who just got a new specialized Levo e-bike, a little help from the mayor, mm-hmm. uh, and I told him you need to get up there and you know get around the canyon. So if you're in the canyon during the busy times, you're going to see one of our Draper City police officers. He has an e-bike. His job... Is, is to patrol that canyon and write citations for dogs off-leash. So if you're doing that, you're going to get a ticket, and don't call me because I don't care. Um, if your dog's in the watershed, you're going to get a ticket. Don't call me because I don't care. Um, but his job also is to provide safety and presence, and so that shows you the commitment. I don't think there's very many other cities that have committed that kind of re- We've had good councils that have wanted to do it. And so, listen, we're about out of time. I just want to thank both of you. Any last quick words you want to say? Thanks for having me.
1: Now, well, thanks thank you. for your
0: volunteer time, Brad. Thanks for all your years. We're lucky in Draper. We have the best. We have the best Parks and Trails Committee in the country. People always say to me, "How do you do it all?" And I'm like, oh, "You need a committee like we have." And I, there's been some cities that have formed them, but you know they've called and they've tried to model what we've done because it's it works. You guys have done a great job, and you know it's awesome. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank
2: you. For timely information on city news, events, traffic alerts, and public safety emergencies, you may subscribe to email or text notifications from Draper City by visiting draperutah.gov forward slash notify. Or follow us on social media at drapercityutah on Facebook and at drapercity on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. This has been Draper City Talk. Please join us again.